0: What's up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini.
1: And I'm Scorpio. And I'm fed up with summer reading. Can I just tell you? I don't want to do no. this again. I feel like we don't quite get it. We're, well, no, I mean, the TV show one, the reading film and TV, I think that was pretty good.
0: But the f- yeah. fiction
1: didn't work out for me.
0: I think the fiction was really tailored for me.
1: See, here's the problem. I, I used to devour fiction. And I don't anymore. I have spent my summer reading essays and reading, I, I mean, I am just finished a book called White Fragility. I was reading Samantha Irby's essays, latest collection of essays. I am going to be reading Lenny um, Bruce's autobiography. You know, that's kind of where I live. Like, I love memoirs. Mm-hmm. I love autobiographies. Um, you know, I think like the rest of the planet, I fell in love with Hamilton and I bought the book that... Lynn manuel Miranda and that's a huge tome and I can't wait to get to that so for me fiction is like when you told me okay we're going to do fiction at first I was like yeah 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 we're going to do fiction and then I realized oh, I can't do this the only fiction that I devour is graphic novels comic books I've read Vampire State yeah. Building this summer I read um, they have new tales from the crypt stories, which I don't know how I feel about them because they're really modern and I love the old style. So I'm kind of like, I don't know how I feel about that. Also, I guess because, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe they brought these all out around the same time, but so now- Sabrina was a big hit. So now, aside from Riverdale, you have Jughead is a werewolf and Veronica Lake has become a vampire and there's, like, Crossover. So I've been reading those things. So that's where my fiction is. My fiction is very niche. It's comic books. It's graphic novels. um, And then when I pick up a book, it's just good old nonfiction. Tell me about your life. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the state of affairs. Like, that's what I do. So this was hard. But... There was a book that I read um, that has stayed with me, and I figured we'd talk about that. So, you know, so I'm ready. It's not that I'm not ready. It's just, you know, I just wanted to let you know, like, fair warning. Like, that's not what, that's not where I
0: live. Don't worry. I have enough books to make up for that. Okay. (laughs) I'm here to be your witch-based summer reading list if you're looking for witch fiction to read. Okay. So I think we should start with yours because... You have the one. I have one lousy little book. (laughs) You have the
1: one. Well, you know, I think the other reason why there's only one, because I have, and I have tons of books on witchcraft history, like just like the persecution of witches. Like I I have a lot of that stuff. I don't know what made me think of that right now. Because I was going to say, well, that's something we, we haven't really talked about. We've talked about being a witch, but we haven't really talked about the persecution of witches. But that's not really light reading either I think next summer we have to really rethink what we're doing in the book division because (laughs) I'm kind of like ugh. yeah okay so one of my favorite authors when I was like I said devouring fiction this change came really slowly and it's not that I don't read any fiction um if somebody recommends something like somebody mentioned before they made the movie the girl on the train Mm -hmm. and I loved that book so it's not like I hate fiction but anyway so the book I was going to talk about was Anne Rice and The Witching Hour um that's the first book it's actually a series of witch books that I feel like a lot of Anne Rice's stuff falls apart once you read a couple of books you know Mm -hmm. um so basically it talks about a witch family and they're all redheads and if you've read Um, any of the vampire books, Interview with the Vampire, The Vampire Lestat, and Queen of the Damned. And those are the three that I say are just brilliant books. After that, you know, I don't want to say she was in it for the money, but some of the storylines are like, okay, whatever. And then some of them are really good. Like, I've read some after that that I'm like, wow. And then you read the next installment and you go, okay, that's part of my life I'll never get back again. You know? Um, Yeah. Do you like any Anne Rice?
0: No, I have not. um, I don't really read, like, Porn. Um, so, porn. I don't really think about. Shoot, do, doesn't she write vampire porn?
1: No, she has written porn. What? Oh my god, no, she's written porn. She wrote, um, oh god, it's Sleeping Beauty's something, embrace awakening, something like that. She wrote two books or maybe three on retelling fairy tales in. Like the fantasy of, I want to say like, like a woman's fantasy, but she got into a lot of, like she got a lot of shit for it because I think there's like a rape in there and people were like, uh, that's nobody's fantasy. Like, why are you like saying that women, if I'm understanding this right, if I'm remembering this right, there was like a, like a shit storm that came after like these books or whatever. Uh, I never read those books. Um, but the vampire books, the vampires actually can't have sex in her books. They're asexual. Well, I'm not going to say they're asexual, Um, they just cannot physically have sex. So sex for them would be drinking blood. So basically, um, because there is this love affair between Louis and Lestat, but it can't manifest physically because vampires just cannot do that. But she does a lot of interesting things um, with gender. For example, Lestat, which is one of the main vampires... And, you know, it's funny because I feel like a lot of people have forgotten or just do not read Anne Rice anymore. And it's some of the best vampire fiction, I think, because, okay, now the teacher in me is going to come out. The reason that our, our monsters have survived, when you think about Frankenstein, when you think about Dracula, you know, they survive because they're about something else. Dracula is not about a vampire so much as it is about being an outsider because he was Irish living in London. It's about the repression of female sexuality, right? Uh So all these things, the metaphors that are there are what makes these stories survive. So when you're talking about Anne Rice, the first book she wrote, Into the Vampire, was really um, a book about alcoholism. She had lost her baby girl. She And she's talked about this. She was drinking a lot. And when she started to write... She wasn't going to write, and then the alcoholic, blah, blah, blah. So she wrote about vampires. So she disguised alcoholism into this uh-huh. lust for blood. She chose to not make it sexual. She actually, there's a character, Lestat's mother, that he wants to free her. You know, he, she's been ill, I believe. And so he makes her a vampire. And when she realizes that she's no longer human, she tells him, you are no longer my son. She dresses in men's clothes. She's like, I am finally going to Damn. be who I was meant to be. And we see her come in and out of books. But Gabrielle is gone. She's like, bye, done. Like, thanks for the freedom now, you know. So she's saying a lot. Mm-hmm. And and Queen of the Damned, which was made into an awful, awful movie. So if you've seen the movie um, and you think, oh, that thing. Yeah, no, that was not Queen of the Damned. That was, that was an abomination because they cut so much out. Um, is actually taught in colleges as a feminist text. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. So yeah, I would give um, Anne Rice a try. I think you'd like it. Yeah, for sure. So so she also wrote a series. She seems to like to write series of books. And she wrote a series, which the first one is The Witching Hour. So, okay. So in the vampire section, you have these redheaded, they're not really called witches, but you know they have power.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they can see things, and you know the queen Akasha is very intimidated by them. Like, you know, um, what powers do they have? She wants to harness harness these powers for herself. And now they are not in the witching hour, but we have this redheaded family. So when you have an author kind of writing about things in one book and taking it into the other. Um, it okay. makes you wonder, like, is there supposed to be a connection between the families? I never finished reading the entire series, so it's quite possible that there is, that she eventually brings it back to the, the redhead sisters mm-hmm. from the vampire lore. But basically what we have is witches in a family. And it's witches coming into their own, I you know, I hate to say, like, charmed, that they get their
0: powers, because it's not Except like that. Except if you say, liked char- like, charmed, then it's more likely that I'll read it, so...
1: Oh, so then it's exactly, it's exactly like termed (laughs) then. Okay, no. (laughs) But yeah, so you have this witch family, they kind of come into their own. The uh, protagonist of the first book is a doctor. So, you know, you have this idea of, can you make sense of what's going on in in a metaphysical world, in a scientific world? So it's kind of interesting what happens to her. Do I recommend the books? I thought the first one was really interesting. Um, Anne Rice likes to deal a lot with spirits. The idea that, um, like even in the vampires, eh, I'm not even gonna tell you, but yeah, spirits play a key role into how vampires are made. Let's just leave okay. it at that. And then you have this spirit that's kind of antagonizing, haunting, wanting to come in, offering the witches more power if they kind of like help him, right? I don't want to like give out spoilers and that kind of leaves me a little flat i did enjoy though the whole idea of the family and how she brings culture of where they're from into the book um into how they are witches are they witches in the sense of what we know yeah no not really it's not really practical magic it's it's practical magic adjacent because they are Mm -hmm. you know real people with real jobs and you know they're not living in a fantasy world and they're not worshiping the dark lord like in sabrina and all that but um That's probably the only witch book that I read that I enjoyed. However, that being said, I didn't quite feel that it was a witch witch book. I guess I don't like to read it because I don't think anyone's really going to write a a witch book. Maybe Practical Magic is the closest thing.
0: I think that was a real struggle for me when I was making my list because I wanted to find... I, I kind of tried to narrow it to two things. One, I wanted to make sure that I included like adult fiction because there are some recommendations on my list that are like they're not. They're they're absolutely written for children. I kind of don't care. I want people to read them anyway. But I, I wanted to find, you know, classified as adult fiction books about witches. And that is really difficult. Um, I find that like especially young adult fiction tends to be just, like, much more committed to the bit, almost. Like, young adult fiction will just be like, yeah, witches, we're doing it. Whereas I think a lot of adult fiction, and specifically because I'm reading adult fantasy, strays away from the idea of witches and tries to lean into this, like, heavy Tolkien, um, like, elves and dwarves kind of, like, whole nother world sort of thing. Or you get, um, You'll get, like, the Neil Gaiman vibe where it's, like, it's modern fantasy, it's urban fantasy, but you're still not really dealing with witches. You're, you're dealing with, like, elves and, like, underground fae societies. So it was it was much more difficult. And there are some suggestions on this list that, like, technically are not witch books, but are kind of witch books. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's, like, a, a cultural thing, but, like, I don't even remember there being, like, a major witch book that got really popular. Like, I I obviously remember Twilight becoming a big thing. I remember, um, and, like, that was read by 30-year-old women. That's why I'm mentioning it. But I don't remember any, like, big-name adult fiction that has ever been witch-centered.
1: I think Alice Hoffman with Practical Magic really, I mean, that was pretty big when that book came out. And then, of course, it became a movie. Um, yeah. But you're right, thinking about adult fiction. But then again, like I said, I kind of... You know, I'll go into the horror section when I used to read more fiction. I used to go into the horror section. And every once in a while, you know, you do like a... You turn around to the science fiction section just to see. And yeah, I mean, tell me something about reanimating a body or doing something like that. But the idea of, oh, and then there's a witch It's like... Like, I don't know that I really was ever drawn to it. I, I think the only yeah. reason I was drawn to Anne Rice is because of what I thought was such good writing in the first three vampire books. Yeah. Because you definitely see metaphors for something else. And this, and what she's trying to tell us in Queen of the Damned, The Message of Queen of the Damned, I think is quite strong, especially um, when we think about society, if we could flip it, right? If it, if it was a more of a matriarchal society giving you yeah. a little something about that one um you know what would that look like so I think that because of that I said okay so the witching hours about witches okay I got that just like I read the mummy I read um she did a werewolf one you know um but I think when she has something to say she says it quite brilliantly and I think the witching hour is is quite nice I just you know I fell out of love with it. it's like I fell out of love with the vampire series after a while
0: Uh, I have three categories, so I have books that I loved, books that are good, and then, like, books that I just wanted to mention. I only have two books in that first category, and it's Howl's Moving Castle by Diana Wynne-Jones, and Wicked, the Wicked book series by Gregory Maguire. And as I was writing this list, I wrote a whole list out, and then, like, right before bed, it was like, ding, Wicked is a book series. (laughs) Like, Oh,
1: yeah. I didn't even think Like, of Wicked. Like wicked.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what um, you mean. And
1: you know what? It never, yep, no. It didn't even occur to me. So,
0: obviously, the, the musical was, like, formative for me as a person. I identify with Alphaba like, really strongly. The book series is definitely something I would suggest if you're looking for adult fiction about witches. Like, they're very clearly called witches. It's also very obviously sort of fantasy. It's l frank Baum's wizard of oz but retold it's a little bit (laughs) it's a little bit weird um there's obviously a message in this series but it wasn't strong enough that like i could tell you what it is right now like i know he's trying to say something but i don't quite know that i got it when i read it um Alphabet in the musical is very different from Alphabet in the books. And it's it's a much more surreal kind of experience reading the text versus seeing the musical. Um, So if you don't want to read four thick books of surreal Wizard of Oz fan fiction, you should watch the musical.
1: My question is this. I have Wicked. Somebody gave it to me um, and they said, oh, you'd love it. And that's the other thing. When someone tells me you'll love this. Yeah, I don't want to read it anymore. But huh. but I do have it, and maybe, I'll maybe you know what, that could be something I could read this summer. I'll pry myself away from, uh, maybe before I go to Lenny Bruce, I'll pick up Wicked. My question is this, the books, are they all about her? They're all about Alphaba, or they're...
0: No, so, um, I don't remember what order they go in, but... Ooh, okay, not giving away anything. The books follow other people in the story. Got it. Of... Um, you know, Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. I There is no book that follows Dorothy. Right, because that's the Wizard that's of Oz. That's the only... Right. So it's it's sort of like... Um, the what really happened
1: kind of vibe. Okay, I, okay, I kind of like that. Okay, now I... You know what? I may pick up Wicked.
0: It... I uh, I don't know how to describe this book without giving a lot of stuff away, so I'm just going to say it's weird, but it's it's an interesting weird... It's the kind of book series that, like, if I had been paying more attention when I read it the first time, I think I would have, like, an essay about it.
1: You know what I think is interesting? When we read our witch texts, we don't care if we're spoiling it. We go right in and we tell people, all right, so this chapter is about this. And then when we, we do the summer reading, we're hesitant. And I think it's because, you know, we hope that if you enjoy what we say about the other books, you'll go out and read them. But I guess these are more... I don't know, should we be going all in on these? I feel like we're purposely trying to like, I think it's different because because facts are facts. And like, if I want to, if you tell me everything about Wicked, I'm never going to read it then.
0: Yeah, like I know that most people don't like spoilers. Like I love spoilers. I love to be told what's going to happen. It doesn't change like the vibe for me, but I know most people don't like it. And I do kind of want people to read Wicked and then tell me what they thought of it. So I don't want to ruin that.
1: And it is different with a nonfiction book because it doesn't matter. It's not going surpri- to surprise ending or something like yeah. that. It's just a text, so it's it's okay. All right. There is one other book that I thought of that I have read, but I wanted to leave that for the end, actually.
0: Okay. Um, my second book from that top category is Howl's Moving Castle, which I actually only read recently. I actually read it at the beginning of this summer. It is technically, I want to say, like more of a children-y, young adult book, but like it's a thick book. It's it's more in that sort of like transported to another world kind of thing. But I, that message was really clear to me. Like Howl's Moving Castle is about your place in your family. And I mm, loved that. Loved it. Especially like it's about an eldest child. And I am the eldest child. So it was just like I was really able to sort of find myself in a multitude of the witches in that, and they are literally, like, there's witches and wizards. It's, that's explicit. Um, I love the way Diana Wynne-Jones writes. I've, I read a bunch of her other stuff when I was younger, so it's a very, like, House Moving Castle is the kind of thing that if you are going on a beach vacation for a week, or, like, if you just need something that's, like, a little bit lighter, I recommend it to everybody. And... Conveniently, if you don't want to read the book, which was surprisingly big for a kids book, boom, it's a Miyazaki movie, so you can watch Howl's Moving Castle. Um, it's like an hour and a half maybe. It's not the same. There the movie and the book definitely have some differences, but there is a movie in case you don't want to read it. This is my suggestions are always like, but in case, here's a movie. Um, and then I have so I have another Diana Wynne Jones book. She wrote a series about this magic user i don't know that he gets called a witch um long term but there definitely is people who are referred to as witches it's the crestomancy series Mm -hmm. was just formative to me as a child so i'm like hey y'all should read it it's fun it's i'm not gonna say anything else because spoilers um but again i wanted to try and find adult fiction the books that are good are kind of like wibbly-wobbly on whether or not they count as witches. So um, Lev Grossman wrote The Magician's Trilogy, which is a TV show now you can watch on Netflix or on, I want to say, sci-fi. It's a great show. I'm, I'm a big fan of the show. I liked the books. The books are much, like, sadder than the show. So it's definitely got, like, a little bit of a, a depressing kind of tone. But it's – how do I describe the magicians? The magicians is like if Harry Potter was a college and also slightly more realistic. Okay. So, like – but the problem with the magicians is they call themselves magicians. So they're doing witchcraft, but you never really hear them referred to as a witch unless they don't go to the college and then they're hedge witches. So it's sort of – Wibbly wobbly on whether or not it counts as witch fiction.
1: See, I f- I find that stuff annoying. I mean, like and I know people love Harry Potter, but no. Big no to like Harry Potter. She's a good writer. I just I'm not into that world. And they're wizards. And her mind why are you smile so, you're smiling.
0: Oh, because we have opened a can of worms. Um okay. technically There are wizards and witches in Harry Potter, right? Wizard is male, witch is female, witch whatever. Um, Big raspberry. I purposefully did not put Harry Potter on my list because J.K. Rowling recently decided to let everybody know that she's a huge turf and she hates. Yep, she hates trans people, and she wrote a whole like essay about it, and you know, and like not even like. Not even like trying to have a nuanced take. Her take was like, "Oh well, they'll go into the bathrooms and assault young girls." Which like, oh my, that's so stupid. I could die. Yeah.
1: Wow. So she came out with this. Where like she said it? She, not, like, tweeted it. Yeah. she tweeted and then,
0: it. She tweeted then. Oh, not only did she she tweeted a bunch of like transphobic stuff. And kind of, like, in that escaladey way where at first you're like, maybe she's just liking tweets. Maybe, like, she didn't like – maybe this is an accident. But then she starts, like, tweeting transphobic stuff. And then she ended up sending out a tweet that was, like, a tweet to a child that accidentally had transphobic stuff pasted into it. And then she ended up writing this whole essay on her personal website, which I do not recommend – like, if you – are passionate about this issue, I honestly do not recommend you read it. It absolutely will be triggering to a number of people. Like it's just an old irrelevant woman talking about her very, very bad personal beliefs. Okay, Um, so
1: this is the thing that I'm surprised about. Like I said, I'm not a fan. I don't like, you know, I don't like science fiction. So I'm never going to be a, I was never going to be a Harry Potter fan. But how come... Okay, and to, also to be fair, I'm trying not to watch the news too much cuz I find it upsetting. But how come I haven't heard of this? Like how come you would think that if that this would be everywhere? How come people aren't And 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 on the other hand, see, I'm getting upset for one reason. I remember, I mean even now, even now, I have students who grew up with Harry Potter, who loved Harry Potter, who Harry, Harry Potter saved them because they were able to go into this other world. And now to have her in my mind, betray them by saying, oh, yeah, and by the way, I'm this huge bigot. I'm a big raging asshole. Like, you know, I just, that's so, you know what I mean? It's like to have your childhood ripped away from you in a sense. And I'm looking at you now because that's you.
0: It is. And it's also like, oh, it's rough. And on the one hand, it has forced me to really be critical of the books in a way that I was not because I was 11 when the first one came out. Um, I, maybe I was young they're, they're not good books like they're actually you know surprisingly hey filled with really hurtful and harmful stereotypes that I don't I didn't notice because I was young and I didn't have the experience to know that they were stereotypes but like Cho Chang is the only Asian character in the book and if you ask people of Asian descent Cho Chang is not a viable name in any right Asian culture. Um,
1: when does, then when you does have... that character come out? In the first book? Uh, I don't remember. I think the third or the fourth. Okay. Because I only read the first one because, you know, my students were like, oh, my God, this is so good. And I thought, I don't know, I'll read Harry Potter. And I thought she's a good writer. I, mean, I thought she was decent enough of a writer that I thought, okay, she's created this world, but I didn't. Okay. So she's got yeah, that.
0: And I mean, there's also the, a stereotype of like the only Irish character blows stuff up all the time. Which oh, is like, God. oh, hey, mm. <laughs> not great. There's, It's just, it's a lot of, like, stuff that you don't realize is bad when you're 11, but when you are older, you realize is bad. My big problem also is that, like, people my age, I see on Instagram, like, incorporating Harry Potter into their practice. Not necessarily, like, seriously, not necessarily being like, I can do Harry Potter spells, but... You know, there's a there's a running joke on the internet, especially from Gen Z, that millennials all identify each other by our Harry Potter house. And as someone who came to witchcraft through my desire to be a witch, Harry Potter was formative for that. Like I'm not going to pretend like I didn't at 13 years old like desperately wish that I could get a letter from Hogwarts that was just like a little late like oh i'm still going to i'm still a witch i can still be a witch like that is unfortunately an essential part of the story of some of us coming to these practices and to, and now it you have to sort of step back and be like no you know i'm not going to hang any of my harry potter memorabilia in my classroom like i used to do as like this joke with my students i'm not going to <laughs> i remember being on the internet 10 years ago, and there was a lot of discussion about, like, totem animals and spirit animals. I'm air-quoting these because white people can't have that, right? It's a it's an indigenous practice. It's not something that you should be saying that you have. You can't say, such and such is my spirit animal if you're not indigenous. So the move 10 years ago was, okay, well, white people, you can have Patronuses. Right? That was the language. A Patronus is something from Harry Potter, which is sort of like... Um, it's a representation of your spirit that protects you. It's a spell you can cast. So it's, it's a similar idea to a spirit animal, but it's not appropriative. Got it. Well, now I'm not, I don't want to say that anymore. So now we have to move again towards a new type of language. And it's, it's just, it's frustrating to me as a fiction reader, because all you had to do was not talk. Right? That's, like, all you had to do, J.K. Rowling, was not tweet. You are the single, like, you're, she's one of the richest writers to ever exist. And most authors don't get that rich. You know, like, she has sold so many books that she herself, not just her publishing company, she herself was a billionaire. All she had to do was not talk, and people would still go to her Fantastic Beasts and still buy all her shitty books. And, like, the Cursed Child was terrible, but people still would buy it. By taking your mask off on Twitter, I'm like, I'm almost grateful, because now I know not to support you anymore. But you're also forcing a lot of us to really come to terms with how we've relied on your text to provide us language in our transition into witchcraft, That we now have to go back and remove.
1: Well, I'm happy about that because I always hated Muggle. Excuse me. I always hated Muggle. It's like, that's not a thing. Like I knew what it was based from Harry Potter, but I was like, that's not a thing. Like we've, we've been around before Harry Potter. Please don't use that term. So, well, I'm sorry for everybody who, um, she's hurt with this language and I'm sorry for, and that includes the people who read her books and grew up with them and now feel, you know, rightfully betrayed. Oh, wow. See, you never know. I mean, you honestly never know when you buy something and you read something. I mean, I never would have known if you hadn't told me because I'm not a fan. Yeah. So I'm not following her on Twitter. And But like I said, I'm just surprised that this hasn't come out somewhere, that, you know, it hasn't been on the news or somewhere, like, you know, what's wrong with this woman or something like that.
0: It did come out, um, you know, this summer rather recently. So I think probably our news cycle was a little preoccupied with... right protests and you know the unrest at home um i do know it's it's a big sort of issue in britain right now that like turfs are just like coming out of the woodwork um so if we have any uk followers that want to you know shoot us a message or or mention something on instagram like i obviously am not aware of how it works in the uk what they're reporting on but um yeah it it's uh it, it was just, like, on Twitter. It's just you happen to be on Twitter. And then you happen to be in the Twitter communities that are complaining about it. And so then right. you kind of get Which, redirected. It's
1: not going to be me at all, ever. So Yeah. Well, you know, now that we're talking about... Well, is, was there another book you wanted to talk about? Because I just realized... I don't know okay. how we got on I that have Harry books. Potter thing, but... Well,
0: let's... I would like to suggest um, an author who is currently dead and therefore cannot say anything shitty but also who has written just one of the most just big expansive fantasy universes who also has some really interesting witches um, terry pratchett i strongly recommend terry pratchett to anybody who is interested in fantasy um, the book that i suggested here was good omens there's one witch in it but also it's a tv show For those of us who don't have time to read, but um, Witches Abroad is sort of the witch text from Terry, but they're in a lot of his books and there are a lot of books by Terry Pratchett that you can get into. So that's kind of my don't read Harry Potter, read Terry Pratchett instead.
1: Okay. Um, You know, when we're talking about fiction or the first piece of well, maybe not the first, um, but the first one that kind of deals with Wicca. In a fictionalized way, is Gerald Gardner's, which I know we don't like Gerald Gardner, but Gerald Gardner's High Magic Aid, High Magic's Aid, um, where he kind of wanted to talk about Wicca, supposedly some witch had told him all these stories, and he made it into a piece of fiction. So that might be something to pick up because he's trying to um, be true to Wicca. And of course, what does that mean? And, and that's the whole basis of our podcast is like, what does it even mean to be a witch? But, you know, for somebody who wrote serious texts about witchcraft or who, let's face it, crafted Wicca, um, yeah, this would be a fiction piece that if you can find it, it might be good to read. There's one other book that I really like, unless you want to talk about one.
0: No, I just have like some general suggestions. Um the Vine Witch, I got it I think for free on Amazon. Do not read the books after that. They're weird. Um but the first <laughs> book is pretty cool. It's it's one of those books where they talk about like your blood and like your heritage through your blood and I hate that plot line. So like the first book really doesn't deal with that and it's very very wicca. Like it's not explicitly called wicca, she's just a witch. But, like, it's it's very Wicca. There's a scene at the end of the book that, like, if you're Wiccan and you want Wiccan-specific representation in fiction, like, just read The Vine Witch. It's it's Wicca, but in France in the 1800s. Um, there's The Discovery of Witches, which I believe is a series and definitely is, is a TV show or is becoming a TV show. Um, it's been recommended to me a million times. I have not read it yet. I want to. I've heard good things about it. And then I just saw this book is called Witches of New York. have no idea what it's about, but I'm going to read it because I'm a witch and I live in New York. That's that's it.
1: So the discovery of witches, isn't she like in love with a vampire or some crap?
0: There is a vampire in it because I've seen the commercial. I don't know what the interaction yeah, I think is. It's more
1: of like a romance. I had a friend who said to me, oh, you've got to read this because she knows I love, you know, vampires. And, you know, um, actually, it was one of the Scorpios. So she was like, oh, this is so good. This is so good. And I don't know, I picked it up in a bookstore and I read the back and I was like, ew, ew. I don't think this is for me. Like, I don't want to read some, like, she's in love with him and he can't be with her or some crap. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care.
0: But she swears it's good. If you are looking for romance, Nora Roberts looking. has a witch series. Right. Um, I also have not read that, but it's like, I don't know. But Nora Roberts wrote a series of witch romance books that I have not read, but have seen recommended if you're looking for witch romance. Yeah.
1: Um, the Witch the witch Vine? The Witch's Vine? What is it called? The Vine Witch.
0: The Vine Witch. Okay. You're going to have to... Well, you'll It's post not these. a great book. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll right. post them. Yeah, because maybe a, I'll pick some. The one. Vine Witch is absolutely a beach read. Okay. If I had had a physical copy of that book on a sandy beach, I could have finished it in four hours. Like, okay. it's little. It's quick. It is not... I I could not even put it in the same category as like the other books that I recommended, but it's Wicca
1: so for now, sure. Why don't you like the idea of blood witch or like the idea of like the blood and hereditary witch and all that?
0: So I don't have a problem with the idea of like hereditary, like passing your witchcraft down. But I just don't like, I feel like fantasy novels specifically, not necessarily like witch texts, but just fantasy in general, has this obsession with, like, your blood making you a certain way. Like, if your great-great-grandfather was a villain, you're gonna be a villain because you have bad blood, and I think that that is, like, a really harmful, um, a harmful idea. I I don't think that, like, I think that by completely erasing the nurture aspect of raising children in fantasy cultures... It makes it, it's kind of, it's racist. I'm not even going to pretend, it's like fantasy racist. You know, it's the same way that like, all oh, orcs are evil. Yeah, if you're lazy, like, it's just couched racism. And so I don't like this idea that like, you're forced into a box because somebody found out that your great, great, or your your mom was evil, so you must be evil. Like that's, it lacks nuance. It's a bad creative decision. And it justifies prejudices in the real world using fantasy language that I don't support.
1: Got it. I mean, I was curious, but, you know, for me, when I hear that, I just think it shows a lack of imagination. If you don't know anything about witches, then, okay, it'll be really easy. So your mom was a witch, you're a witch, this is a witch line, boom, go with it. And now I can write whatever I want, because it doesn't have to be supported by anything that witches do. It's this family. And that's something that I think yeah. that Anne Rice did as well when she did The Witching Hour. Is something that I just kind of came to accept when it comes to these kind of books that I, you know, I mean, they don't really attract me because I I don't know what I'm supposed to get out of them, you know. Um, I
0: can't believe I'm going to recommend this because these are all so bad. Um, but the Throne of Glass series by Sarah J. Maas is like young adult slash new adult. It's very like cliched fantasy like oh the main character is an assassin but actually she's secretly a princess like but there are these witches in the the series and i actually kind of enjoyed the way that she approached talking about them because it it sort of tricks you into thinking that it's like oh it's the same hereditary blah 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 kind of thing with like a, a twist That kind of shows you that it's actually a lot more nature, a lot more nurture than it is nature. So I enjoyed that. Um, they're, They're not good books. Those are beach reads too. I would not, do not judge me for recommending them. But I did like the witches. Also, the witches get pet like dragons. So that was cool for me.
1: I think my problem with which books is very different from which comic books and which movies, you know, when you watch a movie and yes, we have Netflix and Amazon prime. So you can watch a movie a million times and really get into it and really see all the nuances in it. But for the most part, it's, it's, you know, it goes in your eyes, in your ears, Mm -hmm. it's out, you're done. You go have dinner, you forget about it. You might think about it for a little bit and then you're done. So if they portray witches in a different way or, or in a a way that's not positive or whatever. You kind of go, all right, well, you know, that was the movie and that's it. And okay, goodbye. When it comes to books, you know, books are something you can reflect on more, a lot easier. You could stop reading and go, hmm. So I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know. When we talked about the last, in the last podcast, we talked about is it detrimental to see images of witches um, in films? And we were like, well, no, you know, it's, it's might be, but you know, it's not really, And I don't know if I feel the same way about books. I think with books, it just takes a lot. The onus is now on the reader to really interpret and to figure out what's going on. And, you know, books that portray us in weird ways, you know, I don't know. I just, I can't get into it. Now, there was one other book that I liked. And, you know, I don't know if you want to classify her as a witch. I am going to make the jump and say, yes, she belongs in this category. So the author is Jewel Parker Rhodes. Um she's a professor and author and she wrote a book called Voodoo Dreams. And it is historical fiction. So it is not the biography of Marie Laveau. It is, you know, historical fiction what was it like? She uh-huh. deals with the circumstances of the time. So she's not just talking about her life, but what it's like to be, you know, in the mid 19th century. Um in a time when there's slavery in new Orleans and here we have this free woman, you know, her role. So how much of it is real? Uh, Dates are real. You know, she's not going to pretend that Marie LaValle was born on a different day or lived in a different place. or that her dad's name was different, but the conversations and things that happened, you know, it, it, Mm -hmm. you're not really sure it's fiction. It's, it's not, you know, um, real. I adored that book. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to historical fiction, there's two books that come to mind. One is this one. The other one is In the Time of the Butterflies, which is not about witches at all. It's about the Mirabal sisters in Dominican Republic. Um, you know that these conversations are made up. You know that it's very, very loosely based on on these characters. But there's something about them. And I don't read a lot of historic fiction But those two stand out because I fell in love with them and it made me want to learn more about the people themselves. So if I was going to recommend a book more than The Witching Hour, I probably would recommend um, Voodoo Dreams because it takes a subject matter of this very powerful um, woman in a very serious way, right? Right. Um, unlike we discussed coven unlike coven where they did all they took all these licenses with what voodoo Mm -hmm. was and who marie Laveau was you know here we're talking about somebody who is taking and and maybe it's because she's an educator as well because she's um she's a professor um but she took it in such a way that when you're reading it the things could be possible right these conversations could have happened so you're getting a taste of life back then yeah and a little taste of Marie Laveau's life. And then if you're interested in knowing more about her, then you would read a biography of Marie Laveau, you know. So I would recommend that because I think it's, it's the only book that I've read that I feel takes practice serious. It takes what, even though, you know, we're not voodoo priestesses, but it does take a practice, a witchcraft practice, seriously and, and, show, and portrays the people as real people yeah um without sugarcoating or hiding what was going on in their lives in their day-to-day lives so i guess for me that would be the epitome of a good witch book you know it's real it interests me because i know that it's real you know even though it's fiction i know that there's a part of it that is based in reality and i think that's something that's missing both in in films and in um and in books you know I think I've mentioned practical magic and you've mentioned it several times. I think that's the closest thing to real life. Cause you see them, you know, with their herbs and then she opens up a yeah. shop and you know, it's kind of magical, but she's really just selling shampoo and you know, it's like the real aspect of what witches do. But of course they have to bring somebody to life, which you know, we can't do and things of that nature. Um, so it, it, it does that. But I think that's one of the closest yeah. things that we have. And I think when we have good fiction like that, it's something that we can embrace and celebrate. And I think people know, I think people, at least today, I don't know if when the movie came out or when Alice Hoffman wrote the book knew, but I think people now can differentiate and go, yeah, this is the witch part. This is the Hollywood part, you know? And I think we need stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I think that by virtue of the fact that my niche is sort of fantasy, I pretty much exclusively and can cons- am consuming, like, escapist fiction. So none of the texts that I have recommended, that, you know, that I have read, are going to be real witches. You know, even The Vine Witch, which is obviously inspired by Wicca, is not real Wicca. I don't think I have ever read or been recommended a book that would be do justice to what witchcraft as a practice is for real people 10 years ago, 15 years ago, or now. And, you know, for me, that's, that's fine. I don't need that because I want to read escapist fiction. I don't, I don't know what you do if you don't want to read escapist fiction. I don't know if those books exist, you know, and maybe it's, maybe they do, but they're just So small that they're not being recommended widely, or maybe they don't. You know, I it is very obviously a niche that could be filled by someone. If you're like (laughs) listening to this podcast and you're like, Oh, I'm gonna write a book, that is a thing that I cannot find. So maybe the next practical magic needs to be in the pipeline.
1: And give Gemini credit because she just said this is something that's missing. So just say, Thank you, Gemini. For the push that I needed to actually get this book finished.
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I'm not writing yeah, Don't look it, at so me either. Just I'm put, put me in the acknowledgements
1: and call it a day. So, So yeah, those are our recommendations, I guess, for the rest of summer. If you want to have some light reading, that's kind of which like, you know, and if you know of any yeah. books that we might like, let us know, you know, some even though summer reading is almost over. And yeah, even me, who doesn't really read fiction, but you never know.
0: And I mean, if you know any, like, good memoir biography yeah. things that are witch-adjacent, I'm sure Scorpio I would love like those. I read in a second.
1: That's, that's where I live. I have so many books to get through. I'm getting through them, though, so I'm pretty proud of myself.
0: I really thought that I was going to be able to read, like, so much. Um, and I am slogging. Like, yeah. Uh, it's bad. I have to schedule, like, an hour every day or so where I just force myself to sit down and read because... Otherwise, I'm just, like, scrolling through TikTok and watching YouTube videos.
1: No, I got so much stuff that I want to do on a regular basis that it's, like, I just don't get through everything. So, and a lot of it is reading. I just, I love it. It's too hot to go outside. Even if you could go outside, where are you going? But it's in the Lower Hudson Valley right now. It's just, I'm done. I am officially ready for Halloween. I am so glad. Well, by the time this airs. Uh, The second. So, on Lunasa, which will have passed by the time people hear this. I was doing another live. So I'm doing lives again. um, Promoting witchcraft level two. Yay. Which is unteachable. So you would have to check out the World Divination Association and then uh, go to their links on their teachable classes and there is witchcraft level two. So it's basically just an intro to herbs, sigil creation, magical alphabets, candles. And there's one other thing and I can't think of it.
0: And it'll be a surprise. And
1: it'll be a surprise, even to me, because I don't remember. But (laughs) it's all all up there. So, yeah. So that's something that I am doing. You know, there's a lot of things that are going to be coming up, and we're going to try to post them all on Instagram. I know that Amy, our friend Amy from Otherworldly Waxes, is going to start up her markets. And the first one is going to be virtual. So once that's... Yeah, you know, um, we'll post that. I just... Was it this past weekend? You know, I have no idea what is going on. Or was it last weekend? It was last weekend. Time is not real anymore. (laughs) I know. It's insane. Um, I was... I participated, not I participated, I went to, I don't even know how you say that if it's virtual. I didn't go anywhere, but um, I logged on and there was a virtual market and the Piketty Witch. I posted the picture of mm-hmm. the corn husk doll, which, you know, love me a good corn husk doll for uh, Lunasa. She is going to be creating more. So if people aren't following the Piketty Witch, you really should because her stuff is gorgeous. Um, I also ordered a print. I mean, I just I love her. So there was that market. I was able to get a pendant as well that I'm in love with. Um, and they're gonna be more. So as they come up, because I know now we're probably feeling so far away from each other, but yeah, everyone's doing a lot of virtual things. So, you know, we're not alone. Let's let's see what's going on. You know, people were really upset. I keep seeing people that I know and other people on instagram and whatnot saying you know halloween can't be canceled and i say you know what we're never gonna have a halloween like this again god willing right god is willing well, we are never going to have another halloween like this so let's try to find every virtual thing we can and let's go all in and let's just have a blast this way i mean ser- i'm being dead serious so anything yeah. you see we're gonna post also you
0: can't cancel halloween well no it's a yeah. holiday. Just, if you're not going to an event, that doesn't mean Halloween's no, canceled.
1: you know. I mean, I'm never home yeah. in the month yes. of October. I mean, it's like, there's so much to do. And I drag you around with me, too. That's, well, you drag yeah. me around with you for a variety yeah. of reasons. Because you have to go to everything. And, um... like
0: well, because I drive. That's true, too.
1: <laughs> and because...
0: So, really, I'm dragging yeah. you, but you're dragging right, me. Right, exactly.
1: Yes. So, you know, we do stuff. I mean... I can tell you right now that one of the Scorpios is going to lose her mind for Halloween if I don't find things for us to do because we were Mm -hmm. always going to things like, you know, she would, she drags me to things the way I drag you to things, but she drives, um, she drags me to things. She's like, okay, I found this. I found that and blah, 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 you know, um, it's going to be different,
0: but I say we make it awesome. Halloween is going to be a full moon and it's going to be a blue moon, So I just feel like I hot take. I actually kind of am like I would like for us to be still maybe in quarantine because I feel like the energy is going to be so high Mm. that it might protect those of us who are not necessarily as well warded or well or as used to it. Because I'm expecting it to be like a really charged Halloween Yeah, this I think year. it
1: will be. And it's it's going to be interesting. We're going to have to protect Virgo. Virgo might lose her mind, but. Um, <laughs> she might yeah, lose but other, other than that, we should be fine. Um, but yeah, more on that. You know, I, I'm sorry. Lunasa comes, and you know me. We're that much closer to Scorpio season. I'm, I'm done with the heat. I need it to be 65 degrees. I'm done with this. Uh, that's it. So.
0: Yeah. All right. So, is that a wrap for books? That is a wrap for books. Thank you to Sean McShane for our intro and outro music. Thank you guys so much for listening to us and for giving us this platform. Please reach out to us. If you have any book suggestions or you want to comment on anything, you can email us at whichspaceco at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at whichspaceco. And remember, if you're following the moons, you're following us.